to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. Sorry to bother you fuckers. This is Goddamn America. This episode's already off the rails. Um, hello, this is Jake Flores. As usual, I have with me Alex Patak. Uh, sorry to bother you. Uh, um, Rock of Meta. Sorry to be here. Uh, and special guest from the Katie Halper Show and from comedy, Gabe Pacheco. Disculpame. Yeah. 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 His guy What does he say? All apologies, baby. All apologies. <laughs> Uh, it's like vintage Nirvana in here. Yeah, the only kind. <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> point. They weren't around very long. <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy who doesn't know Kurt Cobain is dead. <laughs> what? I miss him. <laughs> You're like, hey, you guys, I just found this new band on Spotify. It was suggested to me. I just started wearing plaid. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> hey, sorry to bother you. How about? Sorry to father you. It's a uh, show about <laughs> not, <laughs> not having, not fathering your kids. <laughs> Absentee dads. Partying instead. Going on Maury and getting real mad. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Stealing Cumtown jokes. Um, My dad's fucking a horse. <laughs> so, uh, just right right up top as we go, I want to talk about a couple of things before we get into the sort of news of the week. Um, first one is I just made my uh, debut appearance on Israeli television in the middle of the night talking about Woo! Antifa. Uh, is that a mitzvah? Uh, <laughs> am I a man now? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, instead of stepping on the, the glass and breaking it, I threw it at a Starbucks window or something. I don't know. So uh, I went <laughs> I went on uh, I-24 this week because um, there's a guy that works for this, like, Israeli 24-hour news network that listens to, like, this show and Chapo and Come Town and shit. And he got, like, Adam Friedland to come on and talk about, like, Israel and stuff as, like, an American Jew. And, like, Katie Halper was on the show. Uh, I think he had some of the Chapo guys on or whatever. And he asked me a while back to come on and talk about the ice thing, but they, like... Next, you know, they read uh-huh. it or whatever, and then we like, love ICE. Yeah. ICE is officially part of the Israeli army. So <laughs> it would be offensive. Yeah, um, and so uh, this stuff happened in Portland last week. With the, uh, you know, there was like a Charlottesville sort of uh, unite the right ish rally leading up to the big one in DC this weekend. Like the big an, alt- one. an alt right flare up. Uh huh. See you there, y'all. It was like an appetizer, you know, before the main There's course. There's that guy in the green. The green guy suit. stole the show. Like a Pepe amuse bouche. <laughs> yeah. Just something to wet your wet your palate with his Yoshi ass. Yeah, the green guy really um, kind of. Uh, I feel like the story got swept away under the green guy. He had so much <laughs> fucking flair. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> so you know, this they decided to do a story about you know antifa and like what is it and uh i went on and sort of gave my spiel they only give you like a few moments to really get your lines out um i wore some shitty fucking you know military shirt i had lying around i didn't really shave look like shit on tv i didn't realize this was going to be a thing nice dude um (laughs) but in your your defense like the set of the 24-hour Israeli news network just looks like the local news set from, like, Parks and Rec <laughs> or something. Yeah. I, I felt like it was on brand for all of the I'm so exhausted tweets. I am exhausted, yeah. baby. <laughs> I didn't um, realize it was I-24 because it's 24 hours. I thought that was, like, the age they yeah. let you out. <laughs> J- Jake looked like he had just walked out of Narcan training or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah, dude. Took all the Narcans. Um, but I... I perform. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, it was cool. I got to give my little spiel and stuff, and I think I you know, I, uh, got most of what I wanted to say out, and um, I got a great screen grab of, uh, you know, me with the question, what is Antifa underneath me and I thought it was kind of interesting or it's kind of sad rather because like the reason I started doing this show is because a year ago when Charlottesville happened all these dumb mainstream news networks were like doing like stories about you know where they're asking the question what is Antifa and I was like that seems wildly under like 
you're doing a bad job. If, Misleading. Like, if I'm, like, some idiot that works at a restaurant and does comedy and I know more about this than you, then, like, that's kind of spooky. Like, you know, you think a year after that... We already decided they were the violent alt-left. Yeah. Like, how could you forget? Yeah. Um, even even that as a story would have more credibility than just, like, what is this? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> this has been happening for, like, quite some time, you know? So that was kind of funny and kind of sad. Since the 30s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're gaslighting our Antifa super soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Barack Obama? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's such a silly thing to... For the, for the question to be like, now what is this? You know? <laughs> Wait, are we saying Antifa now? I don't know. That, that's what is it? Gabe, how do you say it? I It, feel, it <laughs> feels it like, a, like a loved relative when you go Antifa. Yeah. Yeah. Antifa. Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> Tiafa. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway like uh, that was fun. But the thing that was funny about it was that, uh, you know, I'm, I am exhausted. And uh, I've got a lot of shit going on. You need some modafinil? Uh, <laughs> I don't <even>, what? <laughs> oh, you know, some fighter pilot speed. Oh, hell yeah, Keep dude. Keep you up for 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> the the oh, I get some of that shit. Yeah, I uh, feel like the White House uh, doctor was just handing that stuff out like Pez. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Obama uh, administration was on it. The Trumps are probably on it now, too. Sweet. The name for it is uh, Provigil. That's the... Oh, my uh, friend of the show, James Inman, took that shit a long time ago. I remember him talking about it. Yeah. The guy went crazy. Finance Um, bros love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you don't dream for 48 hours, you kind of sort of like build a a, a simmering psychosis. (laughs) You lose the ability to dream, but you gain the ability to fly a jet. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Um so this guy, this guy uh, asked me to do the show, and uh, it's, I'm fucking tired, and uh, you know I've got this show, and I do stand up, and I got a fucking job, and I got a, like, a lot of shit going on, and I have sleep apnea, and I'm just fucking falling apart. Don't forget the cat. And the cat, I also got to take care of this cat, and so I found myself in a weird situation, kind of personally, where I was like supposed to go on a date with my partner Sid, you know, and. Uh, I, got asked to be on fucking Israeli TV and it really fucked up my shit because I had to cancel a date and it sucked. Um, this would be a great sitcom. <laughs> it's the weirdest, like, everybody loves Raymond type plot She's ever. like, you have to choose between these Israeli <laughs> <laughs> media <Propagandists>. moguls. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Me or the state of Israel? <laughs> yeah. This Mossad-funded <laughs> media well, the- site. The thing, so that plays into this because honestly, I was like kind of aware of what this thing is, and I was like, man, I should go do this though. And so I tweeted about it, you know, to blow off some steam, and I was just like, haha, lol, uh, destroying my relationship to go on Israeli TV in the middle of the night. And uh, then the guy who was going to interview me, um, what's his name? His name's a uh, uh, some Schuster. Um, I'll, I don't know. I'll put, uh, I won't put it anywhere. It's some guy who used to work for MSNBC who <laughs> will not hear this, um, who now works for this I-24 network, saw the tweet. I guess he was looking me up, and then he retweeted it, and he was like, we are not beholden to any state. Uh-huh. Just so you know, we're a completely objective news network, but uh, still excited to see you here tonight at whatever. Uh, thanks for coming on the show or whatever. And I was like, whoa, okay, man. You know, I'm just fucking around here on Twitter. I'm a comedian. I didn't really think about it. Maybe you're new to Twitter, <laughs> news broadcasting gentlemen, but we say things we don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I, you know, I go, they send me a car, and I go to fucking Times Square, and I go to this building, and I show up, and they put makeup on me, and I'm sitting in the green room room and he comes in and he's like haha you know or his assistant comes in okay you know your name's this uh-huh, again we're not you know propaganda or whatever uh-huh. and then uh, he leaves the room and then the guy who booked me who listens to Chapo and come town and shit he comes in the room and he's this like you know this guy with this thick israeli accent and he just sort of like saunters in and sits down and he goes yeah so this is uh well I'm, i don't even know how to do the accent but he's like, this, is, this is um israeli propaganda no, you that's know good <laughs> I'm just doing some Borat shit or whatever, but he just blankly is like, "Yeah, so they were lying to you. This propaganda. is this is absolutely propaganda." And I was like, "Okay, well, what's go? What's the? What's going on here? Is this like an RT situation or like you know how are uh-huh. you getting us on?" He's like, "Well, you know, it's the guys with all the money, the big money guys, uh, CEOs. I mean, we broadcast in uh, in France, here." Israel, you know, all these couple other countries, and he's like, they all watch the French one. Nice. So he says, yeah, when no we, one watches it. When we translate <laughs> the French shit, 
we're real careful and we we don't call you know the west bank this and that and whatever and they use all these coded words but in english no one watches the fucking english one except for a bunch of old people in florida and shit we call the children small soldiers you see <laughs> the movie small soldiers was never released in israel as it was too sympathetic to the wrong people yeah so he let me just come in and do my thing on the network and he's just sort of like uh subverting this this like propaganda network which i think is pretty cool um that's some agent shit he stuck his neck out pretty hard and i asked him about it if i could talk about it see i didn't give a fuck because i'll just never hear this so so it doesn't really matter um but anyway uh that was pretty cool um i don't think i really reached anyone other than a bunch of shitty old people in florida that got real mad at me someone was (laughs) someone on facebook was like um in the there's like a angry facebook thread underneath the segment that they you know the i-24 released and somebody was like um said the only real anti-fascists are the israeli defense force fighting against hamas hell yeah yeah just shit like that um you know they have of, the training a bunch of people called me a grease ball to me to go take a shower and shit <laughs> um <laughs> That was it. If, um, if they're real anti-fascists, how come they don't know Krav Magal? <laughs> how are they expecting to defeat these fascists in armed combat well, using a chair or a stick? It's just weird what their definition of fascism is, because all these people's points is like, well, these, you know, these Antifa are the real fascists. And it's like, are they a government? Are they a uh-huh. fucking occupation? I mean, it's a bunch of all what, what Adam Friedlands and shit. Well, it's not about an ethno state. We know that for <laughs> sure. That's item number one that is not fascism. Yeah. Just imagine some random person in Florida, like, high off of Percocet, half awake, and just like, why is this yawning sanitation worker yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the average age had to be, like, over 60. You're describing Florida viewers on the Israeli television network? Those are all Jewish retirees. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw... one very cool kid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely tour Boca Raton now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that was that, and then I went and I watched Sorry to Bother You last night, and I liked it a lot, but, it, like, it was kind of heavy because I was, like... I mean, it was a really good film, and I don't want to give away anything for spoilers or whatever, but, like, you know, essentially what was kind of interesting to me about it was that, like, I got so hard it was happening thematically because this guy is put in this situation where he's, like, he lives it with his uncle, and he's, like, you know, everyone in his life is, like, hey, you fucking loser, like, make the money to fix all this shit. We all need you to make this money. And then also, you know, at his job where he's doing exactly that is like, you know, suddenly now you're a class trader and everyone's mad at you for doing the thing. And it's like, you know, there's an inherent like flaw in capitalism that puts people in a situation where you're like fucked either way. And I was just like watching in a theater like, yeah, uh, I'm also out, you know? Yeah. Well, it's really hard. I mean, you're describing this tension between like uh, a neoliberal version of meritocracy and uh, solidarity with the rest of your class. Yeah, for sure. You it know? made me feel like uh, an asshole for, like, uh, I'm trying to get rich off this show. I also believe in this show, but I want so badly to get podcast rich and buy a fucking bunch of dumb video games with Mullen and, you know, those idiots. Well, what I think is really great about podcasting is that you can, I mean, it's listener-sponsored. You know, if you're, if you're getting the Patreon, then it's just people who, who want to listen to you. It's like the most democratic way to make your income. People we conned into paying <laughs> to listen to this. No, I mean, we're not going to yeah. reach that level of wealth anyway until we start doing the ads for arms dealers. Yeah. Now, I've got these I vitamins. For. <laughs> <laughs> I've got these vitamins that will help you be an even better arms dealer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. But even on like such a small level, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess I just very, like really got, you know, I'm fucking exhausted. And like, that's what's going on here. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I, I the, the just core conflict of it really spoke to me. Well, I thought the other thing I thought was really interesting for the movie though is that like, if you're lefties like us, the movie is beating you over the head with a very obvious point about yeah. capitalism. But people that aren't like us are probably going to watch it and just not get it at all, even though it's a point that's being beleaguered like to a comic extent. You know. I liked it. It was a. Uh, it took the format all Hollywood movies have, where the main character succeeds due to some unique special trait he has, and that uplifts all boats and then fixes his life. And then took that, and uh, the end of the movie has nothing to do with that. You know, 
it's really hard to talk about this without spoiling things. And well, yeah, well, oh. there's one main thing. <laughs> yeah, without spoiling things, uh, it also speaks to like the uh, the futility of individual empowerment, especially with uh, you know the minority who gets rich and like is the one who makes it, and that's who Cassius is supposed to be. And like, and that is like an idea that I feel like more industry people are buying into uh, earnestly. Like, if you look at fucking a show like master of none if you look at like this uh rich crazy asians movie that's coming out and how like that's like a form of like minorities advancing where this this movie takes that and turns it on its head and see how that all backfires and blows up in your face eventually Uh, yeah i just i guess i'm just cynical because that is so obvious to me and i was watching it and i was like yes this is so cool that someone told this in a major motion picture he also wrote it in 2011 but yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's what's interesting because, like, I guess I'm I'm cynical because I'm reading takes from it and like New York Times pieces and like there's just all these these people just so clearly not getting it. There's like one person that's like, um, one person wrote a review of it in the Times. It was like, you know, this is a dystopian, you know, futuristic story. And it's like, no, it's about what's happening right now. It's not even about what's happening right now. It was written during Obama, and some guy tweeted at Boots Riley and said like, you know. This is this this is such a great movie about the excesses of the Trump era and shit. And he's like, no, I wrote it during Obama and published it as a book during Obama because it's about the same system that we were under during Obama too. It's not about Trump. And that dude was like, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my man, direct as hell. No. I think uh, I think it's a unique movie for right now uh, because there's been so few films that uh, have that class analysis in them where. Uh, actual solidarity and um, I guess union protesting uh, that's never really brought in like I think of movies like They Live yeah. which I, I is uh, I'd say like an um, you know an ancestor of this one yeah, but for sure. in that like with th- more wrestling in a lot of these other <laughs> films it's like you, you either kill like the one big bad boss who's in charge of the company or you blow up the radio station that's sending out the signal that brainwashes us and here you don't there's that isn't an option right the option yeah. the only option is to have solidarity with other people who are going through the same thing as you yeah i don't know i guess people i just am afraid people aren't gonna get it because like you know what they live led to like banksy like i think he's pretty derivative of they live well they live led to the character in this movie that is now the, the character in sorry to bother you that's his girlfriend like uh yeah 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 totally like, yeah uh art Art is never going to be art is a reflection of the culture that we live in. Art doesn't isn't revolutionary ever. It's the you've like it's you the got, end point of yeah. culture. Yeah. Wait, go back to what you were saying a second ago about Banksy and they live. I just I think that Banksy is very derivative of like they live, but the what he does with it is take like they live sort of concept of uh you know uh, these like images that show you the real gruesome, you know, thing underneath the veneer of society, and he sort of does that, but he doesn't really follow through with it, and then you know, offer any solution to the problems through like through this, you know, th- the way. Sorry to bother you. Has the very like uh, deliberate message of solidarity, right? So like, I I, I think that people are going to watch Sorry to Bother You and be like. Oh yeah, that reminded me of Banksy. I totally, you know, <laughs> and like not get the really important medicine that was inside all that Banksy? sugar. You know, <laughs> that time right. I saw Ronald McDonald wearing uh, 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 <laughs> shoes with uh, fucking Disney on them, I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's just like this movie. Maybe I'm cynical, but that's exactly what I think people are gonna do with this fucking movie. Well, that's what you do if you. I mean, if you want to, if you want to uh, like neuter a movement, you turn the movement's heroes or leaders into icons. So, oh. like, you know, it's like the Che Guevara T-shirt. Yeah. Or the t-shirt. Now there's going to be a T-shirt with, like, it's going to be, like, a horse wearing a Che Guevara beret. <laughs> Yo, I want to uh, be a painter. And it'll just say, sorry to bother you. A horse for no particular reason, <laughs> if you haven't seen the film. Whatever. Look, man. <laughs> hey, guy, hey, look, you guys have Wikipedia. And I live in the I, – I feel I'm post-spoiler. I don't care. I'm not yeah. going to spoil this movie. <laughs> but honestly – you know, grow up, everybody. <laughs> All right. If we keep talking about this movie, I'm going to spoil it. Let's yeah. move on. The also, the show, grow up. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't, I'll put a spoiler warning, like, in the beginning of the episode. But if you if you listen to this show and you haven't seen this movie yet, you're... What you're are you not doing? Woke, you're fucking up. You have a you're lot of growing up, up to yeah. do. <laughs> Why don't you pay your bills and move into a vampire? Cancel castle. that subscription for a week. Spend that money and go see the movie. <laughs> anyway, um, that's just kind of where I've been at this week. Um, it's... Uh, 
other than that, uh, we'll get right into the news of the week after this. I just wanted to address a couple of listener notes I've uh, received via like the Patreon and DM uh, and stuff like that before we get uh, into the full meat of the episode. Uh, first one was about uh, what happened with Patreon. They did boot a bunch of people um, because they fucking told a bunch of people's banks that this uh, Patreon page payment is like a fraudulent thing or whatever. If Those that people happened, were revisionists, and uh, they are not welcome in the <laughs> Patreon community. <laughs> um, if that happened, somebody reached out to me because they still can't get the bonus episode from last week. Uh, hit me up. I, I'll figure out something. I'll hey, figure out a way to get you access to the bonus shit and everything. Sorry about that. Um, that really fucking sucks, but I think they're sorting it out. Um Another thing uh, is uh, I something somebody asked me something that's been on my mind for a while, which is uh, it was about jokes that we did in the billionaire Mortal Kombat episode that were kind of um, you know lowbrow and crude and a little bit like racist Let maybe us call even. Them Raiden base. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it, but I wish I did. Mogov was not there to stop us. Uh, He's uh, very strong. <laughs> yes. I speak on behalf of only myself uh, when I say this, but I just wanted to give a quick sort of note about it. Um, I'm going to do an entire episode about comedy. Uh, I'm probably going to do an episode about Nanette whenever the fuck I get around to watching it. I just <laughs> I just really don't want to. And I hope you understand that as someone who's been doing comedy for like 10 years, I don't like watching comedy. It's all homework. I hate all of it, but I'll do it for the show. Oh, but, I like watching comedy. But I have a lot of uh, a lot of like theories about it and a lot of opinions. And the reason that I kind of don't want to just go, oh, hey, sorry that I said something kind of racist is that, you know, I, I was being ironic and I think for me jokes take the power out of shit like that and um you know i think that you should be you should be equally lowbrow and offensive about sort of everything to sort of take the piss out of all of it and um i also i am on come town sometimes Uh, it would be foolish of me to start this show and sort of lead people down a road of thinking that i'm like a moral joke teller and like in line with a lot of like liberal styles of like speaking truth to power and all that stuff and then have you hear me eventually on come town and this is like finding out your mom has a second job as a stripper (laughs) (laughs) it's like look i'm not all virtues okay sometimes i get nasty with my pod friends (laughs) so you're an escort and you're a stripper (laughs) (laughs) look i'm running for office and just to be upfront and fully transparent I've had multiple affairs and my <laughs> partner is totally okay with it we are swingers yeah. that is exactly what yeah that's what I'm doing here Jake is a comedic swinger <laughs> <laughs> you can't judge him that's kink shaming yeah I'm just I, fucking around he's in up he's in a poly uh, triad right now with a primary and a secondary I know for the racist comments I said on that episode, I'm uh, very sorry, and I'm disappointed in Jake I for think, not um, joining I, the right side of history. I didn't hear the ep, but as someone who hangs out with you people and we all joke around, I think we've been doing comedy long enough. We're, we're kind of overexposed to a lot of this shit, and this shit does kind of drive you crazy after a while, and you do fall into like an irony trap, and iron, you get irony poisoned, especially if you're on the internet all the time, and you're also exposed to all this performative liberal woke stuff that gets so tiresome and it's so second nature to us that if and not and i get why people don't like this kind of humor but if you're a comedian and you're around this stuff all the time your reflex is going to be be as ironic as possible and sometimes. it's not coming from a place of like you know punching down or no, whatever it's no it's, it's just coming from funny. a place of unhealthy detachment <laughs> from any sort of worldview also, that's where it's coming mention, from this was an episode where it was a tournament of the world's richest people right. so how down <laughs> punching can you do in that much context I yeah don't know. no i agree i mean i'll, I'll defend my uh, my fucking point um you know, but I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm not mad at this person for reaching out to me and talking about it. Like, I, I, I gladly will engage people in this conversation. It's just that, uh, you know, I want to explain why I feel that way. And uh, I would rather do that than, you know, just sort of like kowtow and turn this into fucking NPR. Because this is a show that should be entertaining, you know, because we're fucking insane internet comedian people, you know. I Jake. blame Danny Felton. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say right now, as sort of an advocate for all of the, the voice and those that feel like they've been <laughs> punched down to. Thank you for holding a space and enriching the discourse right now, Jake. You're welcome, Gabe. <laughs> I was punching down to <laughs> hand you a helping hand to bring you up 
<laughs> reverse punch back up yeah. into society. I because uh, I, I consider you down, Gabe. <laughs> I clinched on the fisting that I was getting <laughs> and got pulled up. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's what we're all about here, pulling people up, (laughs) becoming entrepreneurs and power callers so they can raise their friends up. That's right. Oh, here's the thing. So this isn't a spoiler, but anybody that liked uh, Sorry to Bother You, one movie it really reminded me of was Blue Collar. That was Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, directed this film. Whoa. And it stars Richard Pryor, Yafet Kodo, and uh, and, uh, your boy, uh, the bad lieutenant, Harvey Keitel. (laughs) <laughs> and it came out in like ni- 80 t- 81 or 82, and it's about union workers in Detroit. Oh, cool. Uh, right, like, at the end of... Is it, <laughs> is it fascist like Taxi Driver? Uh, not fascist. Very, very uh, much in line with the working class, but it shows the tensions that the workers have between the boss and between their unions that are not, like really helping them enough and it also deals with these issues of merit so like guys that are doing a little bit better getting coaxed into becoming management you know yeah. and sort of like that's how they get you it's i right. thought it was the class analysis response to do the right thing yes that's how i felt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh but hey, how about this blue collar travis bickle how about travis pickle he's like <laughs> right. he turned Stay himself salty. into a pickle now we're talking yeah you guys like that internet? All right, that one I actually will apologize for <laughs> to the Patreon subscribers. That's the type of joke that I do find deplorable and disgusting. It's offensive. Anyway, guys, what happened this it's week? Rick and Morty fans. Fucking so much. Alex, what happened this week? <laughs> okay, uh, well, the government voted to increase military spending by $80 billion? Uh, Yeah, it's like $780 billion. Uh, $716 billion defense bill that sets policy priorities for the Pentagon and is called the John S. McCain National Defense Authorization Act. <laughs> it's the John McCain Act because we will only be buying planes that crash. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it passed. Um, these things always pass, obviously. Eight Democrats voted no. God bless them. Durbin, Gillibrand, Harris, Markey, Merkley, Sanders, Warren, and Wyden. They all just sound like the eight dwarfs or whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, Snoopy was in there. Uh, Cory Booker voted for it. I saw so. that. Cory Booker uh, also this week uh, accidentally held up a, a sign at an event that said uh, no, uh, like no wall, no walls in Mexico, no walls in Palestine. no walls from Palestine to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And I, How I does he that did, happen? <laughs> he, I don't think he can read. Uh, <laughs> I think somebody just got him. Yes on everything. <laughs> He'll take your sign. He'll sign your bill. <laughs> you don't understand. I didn't want to vote for Big Pharma. It's just I only know one word. I'm I think a people pleaser. <laughs> I think somebody got him. It really reminded me of. Uh, yeah, one I think th- they like flipped over the uh, sign or some shit. <laughs> one time, somebody. Uh, one time, Nick Mullen and uh, this guy Bryson Turner, but when they were both living in Austin, went to. A, uh, a comedy festival in like Detroit or something, and the headliner was Dave Coulier, and uh, Dave Coulier is you know a person from a thing from the '90s, so he hates it when you talk about Full House or whatever. He's got that weird curse right. of like I am an artist or whatever. Right. You're uh, like, what up, Uncle Joey? Yeah, <laughs> and they took this great picture with him. They were standing slightly in front of him, and they were like, all right, we're all gonna, we're all gonna hold our thumbs up and do a thumbs up in the picture, but they're, sl- they're standing slightly in front of him, so he can't see, or they're standing behind him, I guess. He can't see that he's doing the thumbs up, but then the person on his right is doing the cut, and then he's a de facto doing the it, and then Nick on the other side is doing the out. Yeah. So they fucking tricked him into doing the cut it out. An yes. elaborate ploy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only offensive to this one famous man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened to Booker. The most violent Booker. Antifa yeah. act of them all. Um, yeah. Pranksterism. But- uh, back to this bill, um, at $716 billion, it is now around 17% of the entire U.S. budget for the year. So that means almost one out of every $5 you're giving to the government is going to, like, putting two scopes on the machine guns instead of just one. Just so you feel good about Hell where yeah. your money's going. Machine gun binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. and... Um, a lot of people have made this point already, but, you know, we've been hearing uh, Sanders and progressive Democrats talk about single payer for the last year and a half or so. And you see 
12 op-eds every day about how are we going to pay for single payer? How are we going to do this? Where's this money going to come from? Not a single person ever questions this, and this just gets shoved down the throats of everybody. Yeah. And we pay for it every time. You're like, look, we can't pay for these Band-Aids because we have to deploy 800,000 fidget spinners to all of our <laughs> yeah, yeah. soldiers <laughs> overseas. Did you see that uh, that uh, that like research that the Koch brothers did that actually proved that uh, Medicare yeah. for All would be cheaper than just what we have right now yeah oh, yeah this was the opposite of what we wanted <laughs> <laughs> yeah they tried to like mislead you with the the headline you know the headline was like you know a lot of the headlines were like you know this medicare for all would cost 32 trillion dollars but like what they're not telling you is just doing nothing and staying the same would cost you 34 trillion dollars yeah yeah Jesus how the current Christ. system costs more and when you introduce single payer it removes administrative and marketing costs which saves tons of money yeah, there and is, also actually creates jobs that people can depend on because it's a government system, right? And a lot of the like bloated budget of the capitalist insurance system is just people maintaining jobs, effectively monitoring other insurances. It's all wastes of time and money. Like we're paying for people to do nothing under the current system. Uh, but the Intercept came out with an article last September in uh, 2017 when the budget was about to be increased 80 billion dollars. Um, back then, uh, this is it was less than what it is now. And there was a review about how much it would cost to pay for Sanders' single-payer bill, and it was only like... 30, 40, 47 billion 47 billion? So uh, almost like twice that we could have free college? Yeah. yeah. The, the share of world military expenditures uh, of 15 countries, the U.S. is obviously at the top of them with 36%, followed by uh, China and Russia, who are respectively at 13 and 4%. And then Saudi Arabia is at 3 which is uh, less than India, which is insane to me. It's just that politically... But India doesn't bomb as many people. Like, maintaining mm, yeah. U.S. hegemony isn't we're cool. a money problem anymore. They just anymore. send their they comedians just... here to bomb on stage. Oh, wow. Bitch. Bum, 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 bum. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm, by... so, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> first <laughs> first <laughs> year of my act? What, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, if you uh, see any... Uh, there's, like, a generation of brown comedians still doing that joke in their act. Yeah. And uh, every time I see it, <laughs> my blood boils, and I say, I wrote that. <laughs> they stole that from me. I saw that on Monday. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, you know, the Senate voted overwhelmingly for it. Uh, also, I was uh, I was reading the bill. I was reading a summary of the bill, and then I, I looked into it. Uh, there's a few million dollars dedicated to something called space war fighting. This is the yeah. only part of the bill I approve. Yeah. This fucking rules. I'll so give up health care for space war fighting. <laughs> I'm going to read these two excerpts because it's so funny. But, uh, okay, space war fighting. The legislation directs the Department of Defense to develop a plan to establish a separate alternative acquisition process for space acquisitions and directs the Secretary of the Air Force to develop and implement a plan to increase the size and quality of the space cadre Within the Air Force. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then from the actual bill, this is the kind of drivel that gets keeps me up at night, guys. With the advice and assistance of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the president, through the Secretary of Defense, shall establish under the U.S. Strategic Command a subordinate unified command to be known as the United States Space Command. <laughs> Parentheses in this section referred to as, quote, Space Command. Just Space, space Command. command. For carrying out joint... Joint space warfighting operation. <laughs> is, are the Starship Troopers, is that trademarked? Like, they can't just call it that. Yeah, that's, like that was the more. first draft of the bill. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Space Force is real, and that's great. Uh, but <laughs> Surrender your children. You know, get we can't have health care Be because pig. of them. I can't wait until we get, like, you know, the Jarhead style, like, pro fucking space war propaganda movie about, like, some guy <laughs> on the fucking moon. Like, uh, you know, driving around in one of those uh, moon rover things with, like, the Rolling Stones playing and oh, shit. All I had was half an oxygen tank and this Neo Diamond tape. <laughs> if you've seen Interstellar, it's, like, not that far off. <laughs> I loved Interstellar. People it, hate that movie. Matthew McConaughey's character in Interstellar is just like, what if we put cowboys in space? I'll fix the problem for you. <laughs> what if it's a... We never tried sending a caring father up there. <laughs> what if Maybe we were nurture the earth a little bit? What if we strong arms. Racist on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know where white supremacy hasn't spread yet? <laughs> Mars. <laughs> yeah. The red planet. I guess I guess what just like 
really bothers me about this is um, Republicans always going to vote to increase military spending. They're never not going to do it. They're little piggies who love guns. It's just who they are. But the only reason these bills pass, aside from the fact that Republicans control every lever of power in the country, is Democrats try to out-patriotize the Republicans. They want to be like the... The, have you seen the movie they Platoon? Want the, they want the <laughs> troops to like them. They yeah. want the, and the troops are never going to like them. They want Some of the troops might like them, but it's not because they're not voting for <laughs> military. It's, like it's not like all the troops are for like increasing military spending. You either. know what the Democrats need is like a high school movie lesson about just being yourself, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just imagine like a Democrat like being a, a corn cornball comedian at a USO tour. Like, hey guys, you like me? Like, just yeah. the girls are coming back. I swear. <laughs> but in the meantime, I got an air conditioner. This I thing's heard of anal. Um, well, like what uh, th- the other thing that's infuriating. One, like last month, the White House issued a report about how the U.S. can't afford veterans' health care without cuts, and then they shoved this bill down our throat. Um, but I think the thing that bothers me most about how this is always written about is if you ever read any story about defense bills every year there's a new trillion dollar defense bill and the only people they talk to are senators and think tank chuds and it would be nice if they just got one brown person who's actually affected by the military to just be like Hey, don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. my, my family is dead. Please hey, do not vote for this. Uh, please stop sending soldiers from my country to the School of the Americas. Please, <laughs> please. No more juntas. No more juntas. Yeah, yeah. I lo- like, the idea of objectivity on both sides does not extend to foreign policy or defense coverage at all, ever. Yeah. Um, there was a lot in the Washington Post article we were reading off for research just about the deficit. You know. The signs of danger in in the government. When the deficit is too high, that's when the people freak out. Yeah, that's like the biggest bullshit scarecrow they prop up. Is the like the only defic- anti side was that the deficit would be too high, and nobody cares about that nobody shit. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> the Every, def- we're the all overdrafted. Yeah, what for, the fuck? yeah. Econ- uh, economists, the deficit is the won't anybody think of the children. Yeah, <laughs> well, somebody think, think of, of the, the deficit. deficit. I always I have the, my philosophy is that the more in debt you are, the less people want you to die because they need to keep you around to keep paying off your bill so insurance it's awesome to be in debt to other countries like the u.s is like what what you want us to default like yeah you know what i mean Let's run on that. Someone's sounding (laughs) a bit like banksy (laughs) vote for single payer we owe them money what if the moon (laughs) is actually like a bank for werewolves Um, but yeah, there's so much drivel that's contained in these articles too. Like uh, they uh, had this guy uh, Todd Harrison, director of defense budget analysis at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Uh, but I don't know what they do there. But uh, he goes, if you want the military to maintain all of our existing security commitments around the world, then you need a defense budget like this. But if you're willing to reduce some of those security commitments. You could make do with a much smaller defense budget, which is such a nonsense, like non quote. <laughs> I've just that lost so much time of my life. Yeah, exactly. If you spend too. less money, you'll save more money. I yeah, know, yeah. I know comedians that were uh, Marines in uh, in in Iraq, and then they they finished their tour, and then they went back with like the Canopy Corporation or some other mercenary group to protect Chinese uh, pipelines, and they'd make like uh, like three hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, nice! That. And all that money that they're making, which is like triple what they would have made, or or more, mm-hmm. like six times what they would have made as a U.S. serviceman, they're all that money still coming from our government because we're paying, we're outsourcing <laughs> to like these mercenary groups. Oh to, yeah, yeah, uh, like Blackwater shit. Yeah, like black mass um, death squads with no <laughs> oversight at all. They get a lot more money, but it is a normal amount Dick of money Cheney's for a New York comedian. So we can all relate to that. <laughs> They're just rolling around in drink tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dick Cheney's outsourced to comedy finally. Now I'm getting paid in dark drink tickets in some fucking hole in Fallujah. Uh, My bar tab will blot out the sun. <laughs> but we can cut down. I guess all I'm getting at is like some of this stuff can just be cut down on when, when we get rid of paying consultants. Oh, yeah. sure. You know? Yeah. 
Um, like they've made the official military smaller and outsourced to other people, I- even though the budget's gotten bigger. It's that thing where they, they make some they make a government thing smaller to sort of claim that it's like in keeping with conservative small government shit. But all you're doing is just turning all these like subcontracted fucking weirdos out into a extension of the government than sucks up way more money than it would have. Yeah, like all of these private prisons that are in play right now. So Civil, Civil Corp and uh, the Geo Group. Mm-hmm. Geo of, Group who made a lot of detention centers too. Yeah, yeah. So they're making all this money just housing kids and stuff. But, you know, it, it would be – look, we could cut we – could, we could do it more effectively uh, if yeah. it was not private prisons. Now, how is it a private prison if it's – Publicly traded. <laughs> you see that shit? Boom. You see that shit Tommy Loren said on Twitter that everyone's oh. making fun of her about? She got, oh, that's what she said? She said, because, um, okay, Alex Jones got kicked off of Facebook and Twitter, and Al- and Facebook is a private Free company. My man. Come on the pod. Tommy Loren was God, tweeted out. She was like, um, you know, Facebook is uh, publicly traded. It's not a private company because it's publicly traded. Therefore, it's a public company. She's trying to argue that it's like part Checkmate. of the government. Dude, <laughs> <was> clap. Nas- <laughs> nationalize Facebook. Yeah, I'm she, into that. she got owned just Goldman so Sachs hard. Is a public company. <laughs> 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 yeah. She tried to argue that it's like a government program and therefore this is like a f- violation of free speech. It's so funny. These people don't understand the definition of free speech. I'm the only person that has had the government what is come it? fuck with them. What is it? The definition of free speech? Yes. Saying racist jokes on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Free Speech Haven Podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Lockheed Martin. But like Jake the Rattlesnake Flores. Alex Jones got kicked off of these two huge platforms, right? And you know, all these right wing people like to say, Oh, a violation of free speech. This is this is cultural Marxism and this is, you know, whatever, but it's like he like Roseanne lost her show, right? These are instances of these people getting fired by other people who were employing them to try to make money off of them. Yeah. It's not the government coming in and telling you you can't have your sitcom yeah, anymore. It's a, it's it's a private illegal. company that can do whatever they want. Yeah. The, def- the, the difference there is whether it's fucking public or private. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Although as far as like the state of ideology is on the average American citizen. Uh, the government got rid of Alex Jones because he was too handsome. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't stand how nice his chest is. He was too he, red. <laughs> he had too much, too many stakes. Like too them. hot. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. Well, does it matter that he's off YouTube? Or Facebook? If, if you love Alex Jones, can't you just go to his website? Yeah, I don't get yeah. it. So heart's going. Yeah, he just like posted an app, I think. So, you know, you can you, you, you can get a direct feed right to your phone. Right. You'll be fine. They're just I kind of wish you were still on. To <laughs> I don't want to go to his website. Yeah. <laughs> to do better. Um, did we d- want to talk about the Canada thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Canada's the... What did they say exactly? Okay, so... Um, what did... Saudi Arabia, you know, the only world government you hear about all the time that is a kingdom... <laughs> you know, led by a king. Uh, well, surprise, they've been cracking down on dissidents again, like they do every day. And uh, after they arrested some uh, female activists... Ca- uh, Canada- human rights activists, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Canada's foreign minister uh, tweeted that they did not like that. And then Saudi Arabia went into full lockdown <laughs> in response. <laughs> and as, uh, like, they're trying to get Canadian... Uh, uh, Students like Saudi Arabian students in Canada to like switch schools. They've uh, it's like you have to leave McGill. Yeah, they've banished <laughs> their ambassadors. There's a, there must be a bunch of Saudi Arabians in can, in Canada. I was in Montreal last week, and our Airbnb guy had Riyadh on the counter. Where do I fit into this story? What? <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Why? And we were clearly sleeping in his room too, which was like, oh, don't make me sleep in your room, man. I feel bad. Huh. We set up a cot, and then the neighbors downstairs hit the ceiling. They hit the ceiling at us. Damn. Um, What'd you do? Um, you just loud. Well, was Did you just? So I was with you Danny record Meltz a hot podcast, and we were like going to bed. Like we weren't like oh, hanging ra- out in the room. Uh, yes, famous like, racist Danny Feltz. Yeah, <laughs> anti-East Asian activist Danny Feltz was uh, <laughs> undoing. down there with a bunch of racist. Fucking, he's wearing a rice hat and shit. Danny is also a bike messenger and carries what can only be described as like a military level of equipment on him <laughs> at all time. And so he had around a six-foot bed he carries with him. Was <laughs> setting it up in the room for like two seconds and it hit the floor and the people below just started banging on the ceiling and then he started stomping on the floor and I was like I'm not gonna fight people in Canada just shut up and lie down on the thing 
Um, Damn. Yeah. So I'm being targeted abroad by okay. the Saudi Arabians. But uh, what other? We, we have the Vox article up on here to explain. So did they real have quick. like they went into like a flame war with Canada? Like, are they tweeting? Bad it's things? a flame war. They like threatened to 9/11 them. Yeah, or some shit? Uh, yeah. They went into that thing, and then um, <laughs> the Saudi uh, the Saudi government it tweeted this infographic. Uh, which featured an airliner headed for the uh, Toronto skyline at, with an uh, Arabic quote saying that goes, he who interferes with what doesn't concern him finds what doesn't please him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hashtag Saudi Arabia, hashtag Canada, which is fucking <laughs> alpha move, dude. So alpha. They, so are they basically just admitting they to 9-11? 9-11? Yeah, 9-11. <laughs> like we got away with it once. That's insane. Also, they were going for a much skinnier building, so they got balls. Yeah. Oh, they, man. They'll get a really good pilot for this one. I feel <laughs> like this is their Joe Pesci moment in Goodfellas. That's exactly what I was like, just thinking. <laughs> it's like mob <laughs> shit. Like, uh, <laughs> shame something were to happen to these huge buildings you have here <laughs> in your living room, you know? Uh, if it was a Cana- Canadian 9-11, though, it would have to be something simpler and more organic, like maybe a moose exploding in a hockey stadium. <laughs> a Canadian 9-11 uh, has more denim. Canadian 9-11, a.k.a. Surrey to bother you. <laughs> Canadian, ni- Canadian 9-11 would just be Nathan for you. <laughs> he would be uh, be behind it. He's Canadian. Yo, Canadian 9-11, that's when, all right, you're fucking, and I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I trained as Celine Dion would sing a sad song. They got really good grades. <laughs> How are we on time? Uh, we're at about 45 minutes. Oh, okay, we're good. Yeah, uh, we can wrap up in yeah, the what next do you, five. What, what should we wrap up with? Um, Jesus, you see this shit about Steven Seagal? No. Break it no. down. Tell me more. I loved him since Mark for Death and Hard to Kill. He's like oh. an official appointed ambassador to Russia now. I can't remember exactly in what capacity, like what level the oh, job right. is. He's like a goodwill ambassador to improve relations between the U.S. and Russia. <laughs> yeah, dude. Whoever can do the highest kick with gets fighting. That job. It's one of those things that just got lost in the news week because it was like, like you, you saw it and you're like, is it even real? Like, did that happen? Yeah. Why is why are other uh, countries that we're almost at war with just taking all of our weird '90s bros from us, like <laughs> North Korea and Rodman, and now Steven Seagal in Russia? I, it's clear. They're forming an expendables. <laughs> International. We expendables. need more money to maintain our strategic advantage of our expendables. Yeah. It'll only ca- cost another thirteen billion dollars. The exp- it's the fight, the deficit or something? I don't know. I don't understand. Politics has fried my brain. Um They already have Ivan Drago. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like the, uh, why does anyone want Steven Seagal? <laughs> he doesn't actually know how to do any of this shit. Well, that's probably what their idea of like an American uh, uh, fucking Super badass man. dude is. Yeah. yeah, they're still they're still watching. Uh, what was what was that CIA movie he was in? Above the Law. They're still watching like Above the Law and uh, that boat movie, Speed. <laughs> you could have told me any <laughs> combination of vague action movie words like that, and I would have believed it was a Steven Seagal movie. No, it sounds a lot like that defense bill I read off. That thing that Saudi Arabia tweeted sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> it sounds like what they're threatening him with. Um, the other thing that happened is that Michael Bay is apparently <laughs> producing a, a movie about a podcast that's so dangerous it like drives people crazy and into murder and ruins their lives and shit. Oh He's making a movie God. about our podcast, <laughs> so it's like pump up the volume, but for podcasting. Uh, yeah, there's like, essentially. There's like there's a hard Harry that's just <laughs> too hard. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's, so it's like talk radio. Uh, you yeah. Guys ever see talk radio? That Oliver Stone movie. No. It's basically about um a. Like a he's like a Rush Limbaugh but skinny kind of guy. He's like a conservative free speech dude in the eighties, and then he he gets killed by one of his fans or something. But at the end, or no, that sounds oh. cool as shit. That yeah, sounds yeah. like what's happening to Mullen right now. I had lunch with him the other day. He's going crazy. Um, he's gonna be killed by one of his fans. Uh, it sounds like his fans are driving him crazy. His fans I'm not are gonna even, kill Adam. I'm not even joking. Yeah, it's the government's like, we don't even need COINTELPRO for this. His, <laughs> <laughs> his uh, fans will do they're, it. They're half of the Patreon. Uh, it's yeah. like you don't yeah. think that many people listen to your podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, cancel the mission. The mission. This one's done himself. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the CIA was about to kill Malcolm X, and then they're like, oh, the nation did it for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. 
That's right. Cometown is just like Malcolm X. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> for, for, for ironic racist jokes. By any cum necessary. The, the, one that remi- the movie that reminds me most about Cometown is, uh, it's, I think somebody tweeted this a long time ago. It made me laugh. There's this movie called Into the Mouth of Madness. It's, yeah. uh, the, it's, a, it's a John Carpenter movie. It's like about like a, like a Stephen King type like paperback horror writer. And like he's, his books are driving people crazy. And the streets are just like sort of flooded with weird wandering guys with like a board and then with a nail in it and like dark rings under their eyes and they just run up to you and go like do you read such a cane oh uh, damn somebody like tweeted a picture of that and it was like do you read or do you listen to come town <laughs> maybe it made a lot of sense to me because i met a lot of come town listeners when i was on tour and they all have these dark rings under their eyes <laughs> and i did a podcast with tim <laughs> faust and he i mentioned come town to him and he goes like Oh yeah! Apparently, the people that listen to that show don't like me, and he, you know, it sounded like he took it a little personally. And I was just like, "No, you don't understand. They don't like Nick. <laughs> they don't like anybody. <laughs> They're so upset." Yeah, let some of them like us or listen to the show hatefully or something. I don't give a shit. Just Please glad you're here. Send, send me weird things. I'm very bored. <laughs> I will try to stop my friends from being racist again. I'm your only hope. Yeah, um, I guess uh, in summation of all this stuff. Um, the, the the big sequel to Unite the Right is happening this weekend in D.C. White Power Coachella. Unite the Right 2. Two rights <laughs> don't make a left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Unite the Right 2. Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> Unite Harder. Um, et cetera. Um, yeah. So there should be, Too you know, hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, hopefully nothing that terrible happens. Um, hopefully some more embarrassing green guys. Um there was like another shitty guy at the the one in Portland this weekend. I don't know if you guys saw. There was yeah. like a, a viral video of a fucking a, like a racist guy wearing a shirt that says Pinochet did nothing wrong yeah. doing the cha cha slide. He was the spokesman. <laughs> he was the one the news was interviewing. Yeah. The murderer did nothing wrong. Shirt. I, I I just love that he was raising awareness to uh, <laughs> Chilean politics. Right. Yeah, ugh. Which is definitely like all he has to do to not have the media turn against him is just wear a plain shirt. (laughs) They (laughs) want to side with the fascists. All he has to do is not wear it. Pushing people out of airplanes is good shirt, and he can't even do that. And he has to dance for at you. I know. Anyway, uh, racists have no place in our cha-cha slides. Um, (laughs) Take back the the cha-cha slide. That's what I say. Take it back. People slide. Yeah. To the, to the left, to the left. How about that, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, politically. And forward. <laughs> together. <laughs> now, Charlie Brown. Move on. All right. Um, anybody plugs? else? Anything? Plugs or anything before we get out of here? Um, uh, just come to my weekly show every Thursday, Cherry Tree Bar in Park Slope. Follow me, ACLU official. Hey, this is uh, Gabe Pacheco. You can find me at GabePacheco.com. Uh, if you like politics, listen to me on the Katie Halper Show. And I have a movie review podcast I just started called Eat, Pray, Judge. Nice. Ooh. So, nice. not political. My three favorite things. Patak, you got anything? Yes, just follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. I'll retweet a show if I'm on it. I'm not going to be at Bad News for the next two weeks if uh, you heroic fans want to keep coming out to that one. But I'll be back soon. The show's still good. Carmen Legal will be there. She's very funny. Um, yeah, you know, feral jokes and everything. I keep all my shows on my pinned tweet. Uh, I think I'm coming to Texas soon. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really have anything. Just, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Sorry about our, our fucking bullshit uh, Patreon overlords and their dumb bullshit. Um, that's it. Bye, babies. Uh, Ciao. Something racist. Something racist. I'm Leonard I'm Leonard Nimoy and something racist. <laughs>